Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan. the Cleveland sports fan everyone welcome 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 it is victory Monday that's right it is victory Monday here at at the Cleveland sports fan your number one place for Minnesota Vikings news since the Cleveland Browns totally fucking suck ass we have we have doctor we have the Vikings lost buddy hey 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 rain on my parade here okay i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna roll with it and keep going all right pretend okay keep going Uh, we have we have with us today dr drippy dick (laughs) hi i'm I'm serious look at the screen look look at what i named you (laughs) oh my gosh you did how do you get that off (laughs) and how do you get that off? And we have Mr. Oshimaida with us. How are you doing, Oshimaida? You and I had a nice conversation last night. It was I long. wouldn't call it a conversation. I listened to you scream for two hours. Oh, well, that's a nice conversation in my book. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was it was a long weekend, guys. It was a very long weekend. Um, for sports. If I was, if I was going to listen to this show. When it's done, the first thing I would do is pause it right now, go to the store, get a bottle of ibuprofen and some rum because you're going to need it. Mm, mm. I wouldn't even stop at the rum. I would probably go straight to 151 uh, because this this was brutal. This was a brutal weekend. Did you all hear about Derrick Henry? Yeah. Yeah. He's on my fantasy team in about four teams. I sure They're done. Hope, I sure hope you picked Adrian Peterson because uh, someone else did. Matter of fact, <laughs> sorry, I have Elijah Mitchell and Lombardi Lenny, and I'm good to go. I'm on a five-game win streak. Mm. Four, four, five. Mm. I had sure. Na- I had Najee Harris on mine. Hey, hey, guess what? I actually got a decent amount of points from him. I, w- I wonder how that happened. <laughs> 
Oh, wait, the Browns couldn't stop anyone. Oh, all right. On that note, um, 151, everyone. Bacardi. Why am I here? Bacardi Why am I even here? You're going to dog the Browns? 151. 151. Um, I, I heard Burley had some some choice words last night for the Browns. Uh, are 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 we are we still back in the truck up? Are we back in the truck up, guys? Forty million dollars. Can we focus on winning a damn game first? Ooh, ooh, tough words Please. from a <clears throat> tough words we, from a liquidy we, drippy dick. Can we focus on winning a damn game against a against a good ball club before we start talking about 30 40 million dollars please? Or or maybe how we should you know use Odell Beckham Jr to our advantage. We still have not had that episode about him yet. Oh, I I've got a great way to use him to our advantage. He should probably start pushing the garbage out of the concession pits. Uh at the end of the game because he he sure shit can't catch a ball. Mm, that's rough, isn't it? It's rough. It's rough. You know what? I know that everyone loves it when I do this. I have the full press conference from today of Mr. Kevin Stefanski. Me too. It's about 20 minutes long. It's about 20 minutes long. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to play the entire thing on on the podcast, but I'm going to play it for you guys. And we're going to listen to the whole thing. And then we're going to discuss it. This will be my third time, actually. Oh, looky here. And I want want to share the sound. This is a team loss. This is a team loss. And he's taking all the responsibility as a good coach should. Um, Everybody hold on. Okay. Uh, injury front, uh, like we mentioned, Jack has a dislocated elbow. Uh, he's in the multiple weeks. Uh, we'll be without him. Josh Johnson, I'd say, is day-to-day with that next sprain. Uh, you know, like I told you guys last uh, evening, you know, really disappointed and frustrated. Uh, we didn't do enough of the things that you have to do uh, to win a game versus a division opponent. Um, and we have to we got to own that, and, and we are owning that, and then we got to learn from it, and then we got to move on from it. But that's what today is really important with our players that, that we we uh, we dive into it and, and see some areas that we can improve. And with that, I'll take any questions. Thank you, Coach. We'll start with Tom Withers. Thank you, Rob. Hey, Kevin. Um, with Jack, is that is that going to be an IR situation or a possible surgery? I, I'm not not entirely sure yet. Tom, uh, I would say we'll see uh, on that decision. As far as your offense goes, you've only managed 41 points in the last three games. I know you want to score more. I know you want bigger chunk plays, et cetera. Kevin, are you having to kind of reevaluate philosophically how you approach a game um, in, in just in terms of getting more explosiveness out of that group? Yeah, I think you're right, Tom. We, uh, we did not score enough points yesterday. Uh, we, we haven't scored enough points the last few weeks, like you mentioned. Uh, we, we have to look at it. We got to uh, find ways to be explosive with the ball, run game, pass game. Uh, we have to stay on the field and convert on third downs. And then when we get down to the red zone, we got to convert those into points. So there's there's a bunch of plays like there are every week 
uh, that we all wish we had back. And, and we got to make sure that we capitalize on them uh, because that's in, in order to score those points, uh, we got to make some big plays in the run of the pass. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Mary Kay Cab is next. Uh, yeah, Kevin, um, specifically, can you talk a little bit about, you know, Baker's performance in that game? How do you think that he did? Do you attribute, do you attribute any of, you know, the, the multiple dropped passes to anything that Baker's doing? Or did he do his job and, uh, and the guys around him didn't? And if so, you know, kind of what's just so wrong in general with this passing game? Yeah, I think Mary Kay, we just, we missed some opportunities is probably the easiest way of putting it. And, uh, and that's where I need to do a better job. I got to put guys in position uh, to go make a play. Uh, you know, the guys will tell you when there's plays that, that they want to make them. Um, and and there were some drops yesterday. Uh, that's uncharacteristic. Uh, but we got to make those plays. And and there's plays when uh, I know I can do a better job. So uh, we got to we got to take care of it. We got to address it. We got to practice it. But we absolutely have to be better. Thank you. Thanks, Mary Kay. We'll go to Jeff Shadell. Hey, Kevin, uh, specifically to, to Odell Beckham, he was on the uh, field for like 43 plays yesterday, but only two targets. What is, we talk about this week after week, what is missing in that harmony that should be there by now? Yeah, I think I, I would tell you, first and foremost, I need to do a better job. Uh, I really do. I need to make sure uh, that, that I put him in position to make some plays and, and I didn't do a good enough job uh, certainly yesterday. Uh, having said that, you know, he gets a lot of attention from the defense. Uh, there were a bunch of plays where the safety uh, is cheating to him and, and that opens up opportunities for other guys. I think of uh, an early third down that we had uh, where the post safety stayed to the boundary side because he was cheating towards Odell and we had a big play to Jarvis. So his uh, effect on our offense uh, is there. Uh, but I do need to do a better job of making sure that the ball uh, makes its way into his hands. Thank you, Jeff. We'll go to Scott Patrick. Hey, Kevin, I'll follow up on what Jeff just said. You you call like Odell dynamic all the time. Coming off the injuries that he's had, do you think he's still a dynamic player? I do. Yeah, I do, Scott. And I, I base that off of what I see from him uh, each week. Uh, and, and again, you know, I just think he can he can affect the game. And, and that's where I'm, I'm really uh, making sure that myself, our coaches, we, we have to put him in position to make some plays. In that play on that last drive, um, how would you break it down? It looked like Baker might have been a little late going to him, but then Odell only goes up with one hand. What did you see? Yeah, I, I think that was, uh, you know, the, the ball really wasn't designed to go there uh, necessarily. Uh, they played a coverage I, I wasn't anticipating, um, and we just didn't connect on that. Uh, but that, that, that was, would have been a difficult uh, catch. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Next, we'll go to Dan Lobby. Hey, hey Kevin, I just wanted to follow up on Jack real quick first. Um, are, are you confident he'll be back this season? I know, I know you said weeks, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a significant injury, but I do expect him back this season. Okay. And, and I wanted to ask about Baker. Uh, you know, obviously, he's so effective play action, rollouts, you know, things like that. Have you had to adjust some of that stuff, though, to kind of protect that shoulder a little bit? No, not in that game. Uh, they just they play very, very wide uh, in their attack. So they're going to take away some of those boots and rollouts and keepers. Um, but no, we won't we won't not do those uh, because of Baker uh, in any way. Thank you.
Thank you, Dan. Darren Ryder, go ahead. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, last year, you guys were kind of stuck in a bubble, and so football was, I guess, somewhat your an escape and something for everyone to really focus on. Do you feel like the the attention to detail and the focus that you were able to get out of your team last year has been here early on with, you know, some of the drops, the pre-snap penalties, those type of things. Do you just feel like that, that focus and attention to detail you're getting that from the guys right now? Yeah, Daryl, I, I do. I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't attribute the drops or, or some of those operational errors uh, to uh, preparation in, in any way being affected. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, I just think we have to do a better job. I mean, we had games at home. I can think of last year in some tough weather where we had some drops, but uh, we, we got to clean those up. And I just want to go back to Odell real quick. Um, we, we seem to ask like the same questions about him, his production, how he fits on, on a regular basis. And the answers have been, you know, fairly consistent between we got to do a better job. He is having an effect on the offense, but um, you know, this is a guy that is used to putting up big numbers. And when he came here, it, the expectation was that he was just going to be this explosive dynamic playmaker. Just does he just not fit? right now with the offense? No, I, I think uh, you're not gonna like to hear it, but I need to do a better job. Um, and we scored 10 points, so uh, I certainly have to do a better job there. Thanks. Thank you, Daryl. Nate Ulrich, you're up. Hey, Kevin, is uh, Blake Hans your starting right tackle uh, as long as Jack's out? Yes. Okay. And with the, those moving parts, um, you know, I, I obviously understand that you guys are always going to look at things, and Andrew Berry and his guys are always going to look at things. And does this put you though in a in a position where you might look at some line help uh, beyond the normal checking into things uh, before tomorrow's trade deadline? Yeah, I, I think you know Andrew and the personnel staff are always looking at all those type of things, but I can't comment on any uh, anything that they may do. Thanks, Nate. Next up is Marla Reidenauer. Uh, yeah, Kevin, I was just wondering about Chubb. Did you, do you think he looked rusty? I mean, we had a lot of, you know, short runs and then he only one, only one long one that kind of looked like him. Yeah, Marla, I think he's healthy. Uh, I do think like anybody working back from an injury, um, you know, he's, well, I guess nobody's 100%. Uh, that last first day of training camp, everybody's 100%. But um, I, I think he's healthy. Uh, and then I think he'll just keep getting better uh, each week. And one quick thing, just Coach Dungy said last night on TV that he thought that was roughing the passer on the fake field goal. Um, did Jordan do anything wrong there, do you think? I can't. Uh, I'm going to let Coach Dungy's words. <laughs> I'll let him speak for himself. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Marla. Back to Jeff Shadow. Hey, Kevin, how about uh, Denzel Ward? Can you give us an update on him? Do you think you'll, you'll have him for the Cincinnati game? Yeah, I'm, I, I hope, uh, I'm hoping that we will, uh, but I'll have a better feel for that come Wednesday. Appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, Didi Kingawala, you're up. 
Going to what Marla was asking about Nick Chubb, when you look at what the Steelers were able to do defensively, you know, they came in saying that Nick is the best after contact and it takes more than one guy to tackle him. So how were they able to sort of bottle up those run lanes? What exactly did they do against a team that runs so well? Yeah, Didi, they did a they did a nice job. And that's we talked about that yesterday. I, you know, first thing is you have to give credit to their defense. They uh they that's a physical front. Um, they have some really, really good players along that front, and uh, they did a nice job against our run game. A lot of times, knocking us back, uh, we had we won our fair share. They uh, definitely were physical uh, at the point of attack, and we just have to find ways to uh, to to run the ball versus a tough front. And, and we've uh, we've gone up against some tough fronts this season. Uh, so you know, again, credit to them. But so, so just to follow, that's kind of the question. You're going to see another tough front this Sunday in Cincinnati. You've beaten tough fronts before. Was there anything unusual that they did? Was there anything that was surprising or odd or, I mean? Not really. I mean, uh, they played their defense. They played their base front. Uh, they played their nickel front. They, they pressured some, uh, but they, they just, they did a good job. Uh, and I, I got to find ways uh, to, to make sure we, we can be explosive in, in our run game. And, and we didn't do it enough uh, yesterday. Thank you, Didi. Tom Weathers, you're up. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. I hope you got out trick-or-treating last night. Hey, um, I know you'll turn over every rock to fix this. What's the heaviest one right now? What's most concerning to you? Yeah, I think for us, Tom, we have to uh, make the most of our opportunities. And I, I've seen it from this group. Uh, I've seen some really good moments from this group. I know what we're capable of. Uh, we have not done it. We haven't done it consistently enough. Uh, and, and that's going to be, you know, the charge going into another division game is we got to find ways to, to score some points. And, and again, uh, it's, there's never one answer to, to all of it. Uh, it's certainly schematic things that we can do. There's certainly, plays that the guys can make, but uh, we'll just make sure that we are pulling this thing apart and make sure that we give them a plan uh, this week that they can go play fast. On the, I know it's complimentary football. That's about all the units, but in terms of defense, are you, are you pleased with what you've seen out of the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously to hold a team to 15 points, uh, you know, is a good outing, uh, but really not good enough is what I would tell you. And that's what I told the players. Uh, you know, none of us did enough. Uh, when, you, when you don't win, it's, it's always a question of what more could I have done? Uh, so uh, while we were good in moments, um, we got to take the ball away. And we didn't do that yesterday. Uh, and we got to find a way uh, on some of those drives to get off the field. Thanks. Thank you, Tom. We'll go to Scott Patrick. Hey, Kevin, I know what you just said about being able to run against a team that's trying to take away the run game. But isn't the other answer just trying to throw against a team that's doing all it can to take away your run game and how can you do that better? Yeah, I think when the opportunities are there, Scott, uh, in the run actions or the play actions uh, off of the run, we got to make those uh, make those count. And then, you know, it, when you get in a game, uh, Nick's proven to be pretty good in the fourth quarter. Um, and if we can uh, run the ball in tough situations, that's that's been uh, what we've done in the past. We didn't get it done yesterday. Um, but we'll see each game's going to call for its, its own uh, game. But uh, bottom line is when you get in those moments, whether you're running it, when you're, whether you're throwing it, you got to find a way to get in the end zone. And just in general. Oh, all right, guys. 
I did cut it off about four minutes early, but uh, the fact is, is that after that, they just go into the same damn questions over and over and over again. We've already heard his answer. But there, um, there was one. There was one question, matter of fact, that that uh, we didn't hear here, but uh, it, it was said in the press conference, and it was actually my question myself. But I don't want to take the spotlight because it is totally Oshimaida's take on it. And if he doesn't really know what I'm talking about, then I will take the spotlight. But that question was asked during this press conference this morning. Which question was it? Oshimaida? Uh, go ahead. He was asked why we don't throw balls down the field. Why don't we? Why? 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 Like, if you think about it, Oshi might have told me last night offline that, what was it, like 40-some percent pass interference rate went up? Yeah, since, since 2017. So why don't we try? We have Odell Beckham Jr. We have Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why don't we throw the ball? When was the last time you've seen Baker Mayfield heave the ball downfield and at least try to get a pass interference call? Not even look for the pass interference call, but try and, you know, Get, get, get a deep 50 ball down the field. We never do it. Never. I think, uh, I think you're going to run into this problem with coaches that are stuck on analytics. You, you, the, the, the analytics states that, that throwing under, you have a better chance of getting a first down. That's just what analytics says. The problem with that is that you're never going to get anywhere. I mean, it'll take you six minutes to get down the field. And that's perfectly fine. But why not one, two, maybe three times in a ball game, send Odell down the line or Donovan Peoples-Jones down the line, make sure your O-line blocks Baker for a good five seconds and have him heave it. Like, what's wrong with that on a first down? Oh, okay, you don't get it. What? Second and ten. I think it kind of kind of bugs me that you've got you've got Rashard Higgins, you've got Donovan's Donovan Peoples Jones, and Odell that you could send downfield in either in either post runs or or slants, whatever you know, mix it up, but go further down. You got three people that are very qualified to catch a ball. Yeah, you, yeah. If you have if you have three people heading downfield your cornerbacks and your safety are not going to know which direction to go or you can just while you're sending them downfield you can send jarvis 15 yard slant 10 yard slant that's what he's there for we have the weapons we're just not using them right i think we saw a lot in this press conference that kind of changed Changed my feelings. I, I don't know if you guys saw the press conference from last night. Uh, mm -hmm. the, All the, press, the press conference from last night by Stefanski really kind of bugged me because it was just coaching double talk. And, and today he actually went and talked about specifics, which, which is, is something that Oshimaida and I talked about last night. I said, I, it's time. It's time for our coach to start calling people out. But we are 
halfway through the season and we're a 50-50 team right now. It is time for this coach to start calling people out. The coach of the Detroit Lions did it last night. Flat out said Jared Goff needs to do more. No, no. Burley, he, does Burley. Call, he does call out someone. He calls out himself and everything. That's well, it. I, and, and that's fine. That I like that. I, I, I really do. I like that the coach puts it on his on his back and says, I need to coach better. I need to put my guys in position to succeed and make plays. I get all that. Here's my thing. This is like five, six weeks in a row that we have said that. We've heard him say that. I need to coach better. I need to do what needs to be done to put my guys in a position to score, to succeed, to make plays. Like, he even puts dropped passes. Like, in previous weeks, Odell's dropped passes. He, he's taking the blame for it. I'm not putting my guys in a, in a position to succeed. My only question is, how many weeks are we going to hear that until we finally see a change in result? Because even against, and I understand we had some missing components, but even against Denver, they only scored 17 points. Other than the Chargers game, it just seems like the offense is not there. It's not clicking. And the defense is, spot, is spotty, hit or miss. The, the, the front seven, I believe in. The secondary is very inconsistent. You know, offline, I asked Burley. I think it was last night. I, I, I asked Burley last night, and I said, do you ever think Coach Stefanski, because he, he, he's just a well, he's just an awesome dude all around. You know, from from the attitude, the respect, the way he carries himself. I love this guy. It, but I asked Burley, I said, do you think this guy ever gets, like, pissed off in practice, like practice, games? Do you think he ever just has that pissed off face, yells at people? Because as much as I love this guy, I don't know if he has that in him. And you need that in a head coach. Bill Belichick. What are you thinking, Oshimaida? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, when I was talking to Jake last night, I was, my comparison was, cause again, it's very hard to compare the Browns offense to any other team because they, they play differently. So I, I always go back to Tennessee, but it seems like Tennessee, it seems like AJ Brown's catching 70 yard touchdown every single week. And, and I don't know if the Browns don't feel that they can throw the ball downfield. I don't know. And last year, I believe the Browns' red zone percentage was in the top five as far as scoring touchdowns. I can't imagine it's in it, it may be middle of the road this year. They're getting inside the red zone, and either they're having to settle for field goals or they're going for it on fourth down and not getting it. Uh, one of the one of the things that was said in the presser uh, was something that I kind of have to sit back and and it's kind of a cross between what what uh dr dog said uh well it has to do with that stefanski said he didn't do enough to get odell the ball and here's my problem with this statement if you want odell to get the ball your quarterback has to see him. 
his quarterback is not looking at him. We saw this in the game last night. They could have actually won the game with two minutes left if he would have looked downfield and saw that Odell Beckham Jr. was sitting there butt-ass wide open past the first down marker. As much as I'm not a fan of what he's doing right now, he's not playing up to his expectation, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit because I've seen multiple times week after week where this guy was just wide open and just the ball was not thrown his way. It's a a, a coach can take the – I mean, this is what's – this is this is how I have to read this now. Either Baker Mayfield is not as good of a quarterback and needs his coach to tell him what to do every second that he's out on the field. Or Kevin Stefanski is taking the blame for something that's not his fault. But either way, I feel like as a Cleveland Browns fan, I, I, I'm done with the double talk. We're halfway through the season. Halfway through the season, and we're a 500-ball team. I have the same disgust in my mouth right now that I had with the Cleveland Indians this year. There comes a point in time when you hit the panic button, and I think halfway through the freaking season, and losing to a team that you really shouldn't have lost to. I mean, it, it, you lost to a team that has no running back. You lost to a team whose quarterback can't throw more than 10 yards. I, and and he lost to a team that was predicted to finish last in the division. Uh, what are the other takes from this? Chubb so here's, the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Chubb, Chubb, Rusty, whatever. Here's the elephant in the room. And here's what we haven't addressed yet. And it's my fault, ultimately, that it, it should have been addressed in the preseason. The Cleveland Browns are 16 and 10 with Kevin Stefanski, including playoffs. They were 11 and 5. They went 1 and 1 in the postseason. To put them 12 and six, and now they're four and four. 16 and 10 is their record. Here's the thing they have not beaten one good team. And when I say good team, I don't mean the Washington football team that last year was in the playoffs, I don't mean the Colts from last year. I don't mean the Bears from this year because they have a really good defense. I mean a really good bona fide team. I'm going to read you off the wins. I'm going to read you off the wins, and I'm going to and I'm going to tell you the losses. Actually, I'll start with the losses. Ravens loss. Ravens loss again. Steelers loss. So there's three in the division. Loss to the Raiders. Okay. This year, losing to the Chargers, losing to the Cardinals, losing to the Chiefs. Every team that they that they that they lose to is a good team. Here's the teams that they've beaten. Okay, the teams that they've beaten: the Washington Football Team, 
the Cincinnati Bengals, the Dallas Cowboys. 38 points in that game. That should be noted. That is their best win, in my opinion, under Kevin Stefanski, minus playoffs. But he wasn't in the playoffs, so you can't really, you can't really factor that in. They beat the Colts with Phillip Rivers. That might be the best overall team that they've beaten. But other than that, it's bad. They beat the Bengals again. They beat the Texans. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Jags. They beat the Titans. They beat, you know, the Giants. They lose to the Jets. They lose to the Steelers again. You're, crack, you're cracking up over there, and you can't stand what I'm saying. But the bottom line is, Jake, the Browns have not beaten a bona fide Super Bowl contender in all 26 games with Kevin Stefanski. Not a single one. The, the Titans, no? No? No. The Colts, no. no. The Cowboys, no. 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 Really? No. Rick. Rick. No. No. Are, are we going to air your Are we going to air your question on this show? I didn't think we'd have to, but I think we are heading that way. Okay. First of all, first of all, those were last year, okay? So, even if you were to mark those in, I'd say this year they can't beat a good team. But did did you really think that the Indianapolis Colts were going to go to the Super Bowl last year? Did you really think that the Dallas Cowboys were going to the Super Bowl last year? Did you really think that? Did you really think the Ravens were going to go to the Super Bowl? Did you really think the Steelers were going to go to the Super Bowl? They, they still didn't beat them. It doesn't matter. Are we going to ask your question? I think I'm going to air it. I'm going to air this question. I want everybody's opinion on it. Because it made me sick to my stomach when you said it. Oh, okay. Bur- Burley asked last night, he goes, he does, it's not what he wants. It's just what he, he, he thinks could happen. He goes. No, it's what I know if, will happen. If the Browns don't make the playoffs this year, he thinks they will fire Kevin Stefanski, and I think he's absolutely crazy. Baker will be right out with him. No, oh, you, you're done. You're, you are done. You're, you don't know what you're talking about. That's so idiotic for you to even say. How how does how is the most talented roster in all of football, all of the NFL, the best offensive line in the last decade of the league, the one-two punch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the highest paid wide receivers. You have Jarvis Landry and Odell, not to mention the tight end room is the best in the league. The defensive front seven with Miles Garrett. How do you miss the playoffs with that? If you, I'm not saying have- they will. I'm not saying they will. But if they do miss the playoffs, there, there's, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people. Baker's out the door. Stefanski's out the door. <clears throat> Might as well throw you out the door. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy for you to say. I want both of your opinions on it because we obviously don't see eye to eye. Well, my opinion is, uh, uh. He will not be, he will not be canned. Uh, he has a better record than Freddie Kitchens, uh, Hugh Jackson put together. And he, he, he pulled the Cleveland Browns out of, out of a season that, that, uh, that was just hell to go through. He he oh. has he's done a good job of improving stuff. We we have to remember that this is Kevin Stefanski's second year, and 
every time either a quarterback, a running back, a coach goes into their second year, everyone has figured out what they did the year before. It's where he goes after this year that's going to make the big determination. Now, as far as Baker Mayfield goes, I know what's going to happen to him. Right now, he's he's not even worth $30 million a year. And I think that's going to be a contention with him because he's not going to want to take 25 or $20 million a year. And, and the thing is, the thing about it is, it's nothing against Baker as a quarterback. He's, he's, he's still a good quarterback. He's just I, – I have a problem when I look around the league and especially in the AFC and maybe even in the own division and I see these quarterbacks and I try to envision them under center in Cleveland and I just can't see the same result. You put Josh Allen in a Browns uniform, they're not four and four. They beat the Chargers. They could possibly beat the Cardinals. And they definitely beat the Steelers yesterday, even though it wasn't Baker's fault. Jarvis Landry lost the Browns the game last yesterday. There's not there's I mean, there is no if ands or buts. If you're if we're pointing a finger to anybody, it's Jarvis Landry. That's who lost the game for Cleveland yesterday. So I mean he took he owned it, took it on the chin, and he's going to regroup hopefully and 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 electrify Cincinnati on Sunday. But I mean it's just a fact. The Browns haven't beaten a good team in 26 games with Kevin Stefanski. I mean, sure, they let me let me rephrase. They've beaten good teams. They have not beaten the teams that are Super Bowl contending teams. They can't beat Kansas City. Okay, they didn't beat the Cardinals. They couldn't beat the Chargers. They can't beat the Ravens in their own division. And Cincinnati's on the up and up. And they still can't. They still struggle with Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter. They struggled with Pittsburgh last year in the last regular season game to clinch. And Pittsburgh didn't have anybody out there. And they still struggled. And it took them to the fourth quarter to win that football game. It's just a fact, Jake. It's just simple facts. They are not able to put these teams away that they need to to win a Super Bowl. If you want to talk about playoffs, fine. I think they'll still be there. I think that they will make the playoffs. If you check their schedule the rest of the year, they might only lose two more games. I'm not debating that. They're going to be in the playoffs. The division's in question, though. And getting to the playoffs, I'm starting to get worried that it's going to be the same as last year. They get there and they get sent home rather early because – they can't compete and they can't beat these really good football teams. They could not beat the Chiefs, could not beat the Chargers, could not beat the Cardinals. And those are three of the best teams in football. And I don't give a crap what Kansas City's doing. They have Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. They'll be there. And you need to make sure that you can beat them. Mm, Oshimaida, what do you think? All right. Well, everybody was looking at this. As a, as a whole big picture instead of getting into the actual details. And it was something that was not brought up at the press conference, at least I didn't hear it. And the fact that – I don't think the fact that we can't beat these teams because we can beat these teams. I've seen more than I've not this year when the Browns are in a very close game, they have the ball, 
even if they're on defense, they got a long, a third, they, they, they got whoever third and 14 penalties. They shoot themselves in the foot every single time they're in a close game when either they're driving down the field or they're trying to get off the field on a long third down. It's either a pass interference, a hold, a, a, a false start, something constantly. They lead the league in penalty yardage for a reason. They're, they're not disciplined. And, and that is on, that is, a, uh, there's no, if the Browns fired Stefanski, the fans would totally revolt because that's what the Browns always do. So that's not even an option. And hey, I wasn't saying, listen, 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 just to, for the record, I wasn't saying that that's what they should do. I'm saying if he doesn't make the playoffs, that's what's going to happen. No, I totally disagree with that. The Browns understand their fan base, and firing Kevin Stefanski is the worst thing that they could possibly do, whether they no, make the, the playoffs or not. You, yeah, but you're you're talking three months from now. The the mood is going to be a lot different. Sitting with at eight and nine or nine and eight, missing the playoffs, it's it's the mood will be so much different because of the team, the roster that we have. Okay, there's okay. no excuse, and maybe that might be the problem. Maybe that might be a problem. Do you think there's too many guys? Is there too many mouths to feed? Is that the problem? Is that why they can't get into a rhythm? No. I, I, well, there's been a couple of games this year that they didn't look like they were in a rhythm at all, and yesterday was one of them. I don't think that they could figure out what was going to work and what wasn't. They obviously couldn't run the ball at the beginning of the game, which takes away all play action takes away all bootlegs is that's where Baker's at his best. But your premise was they can't beat good teams. That is not true. They can beat these teams if they, if they show some discipline and stop committing stupid freaking penalties. They haven't though. They have not beaten bona fide Super Bowl contending teams. I, I they, know they haven't. And every said opportunity they they've had. Okay. They, yeah, they, it seems like they can't. The problem, the problem, what you, what you just said, you said that there's been a couple of games where the offense hasn't gotten into a rhythm. Other than the first half against Kansas City in week one and the Chargers game, the Browns offense has not been in a rhythm all year. Uh, even against Houston, the Houston Texans couldn't get in a, in, in a rhythm. I understand they scored 34 points, but okay. the first half, they, they didn't have a rhythm there. There was no rhythm against the Bears. There was no rhythm against the Cardinals. There was no rhythm against the Broncos, and there was no rhythm yesterday. The, the, okay. the, the rhythm is not there. I would have to disagree with you on that, though. Uh, they had very good rhythm in the Kansas City game. They may have lost that game. The first but they half. had they had good rhythm in that game. Uh, in the first half, I would agree. The second half, there was none. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I think our biggest problem is is we can't finish games. I know I'm kind of leaning towards Oshi Midas take, and the penalties have a lot to do with it. But it's not it's not that we can't beat these Super Bowl contending teams because we can't. We can, we 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 can, but yeah, I just don't think we can finish the game once it comes to the fourth quarter. Not to mention Nick Chubb. What did he average fourth quarter per rush? Like 11, 12 yards. I, I think ever okay. That that's a good point that you just made. Um, 
I, I have to say this, though. Nick Chubb would have almost doubled his yardage had he not had several of his rushes brought back because of penalties. He had a 20-yard rush brought back because of a penalty. It's gotten it's gotten ridiculous. They, there is zero discipline on this team. And you got to love Coach Stefanski for taking the blame for a whole bunch of crap. A whole, I, I know you guys can't see that. That's my iPad of notes from his press conference. He takes, he takes the blame for a whole bunch of crap. Guess what? You'd probably have won that game yesterday if your coaching would have disciplined your players to not do stupid shit. Like hit a person who's three feet out of the field. Jake, you said you, you said the Browns can't finish games in the fourth quarter. What in a football game, in a close football game, playoff, non-playoff, doesn't matter, close fourth quarter game, what tends to give you the edge? What do you need to win that game? It relies on one position, one player, mainly your quarterback. And I'm 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 really getting sick and tired. Of of I'm running out I'm I'm running out of breath I'm running out of breath I I, I defended the I, I defended Baker I still do but I mean the, the common denominator of not finishing games in the fourth quarter is your quarterback I mean I'm I'm sorry not, I'm not saying he's had the he's having the best year of, of of his career but I mean he drove the Browns down the field against the Steelers. At the end of the game, they did he not win the game. The they did not win the game. He, they did Why? not win the game. They did Why? not win the game. It doesn't Why? matter. They didn't win the game. Every team wait is different. The, uh, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, Oshi, Oshi. Of, I, I have to ask Oshi Maida this question real quick. Uh, hey, hey, do you remember that soap opera as the world turns? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I'm feeling right now because, I, I mean, we went through an entire summer of listening to Burley screaming, back the truck up, back the truck up, back the truck up. Wait Come a minute. Pay the minute. man. Here's the thing. Pay the man. Here's the thing. Pay Here's the, the man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was ready. I was ready. I don't know if I was yeah. I was fired up. I don't know if my, my adrenaline was flowing, but I was telling Jake, I said, if Baker Mayfield comes into this game, after Jarvis Landry just fumbled the football and takes him down the field and on a game-winning drive beats the Pittsburgh Steelers and that's the and that's how this season turns around and that's how we get the rhythm pay that man because no quarterback's ever done anything that he's ever done and then you go game-winning drive beat the Steelers to turn the season around the bottom line is he didn't and i understand Jarvis Landry dropped a pass it was high the pass was high it was so catchable. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to tell me it wasn't? Oh. All right. Oshima. It was catchable. Wait, okay, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Did, did Baker Mayfield give up that great big lead against Kansas City in the first game? Did, did Baker Mayfield give up that big lead against the Chargers? 
I get what you're saying. The bottom line is, I, Tom, the bottom line is he's not winning the football games. I need my quarterback to take control and say, okay, if my offensive tackle is going to bring Nick Chubb back from 20 yards, I'm going to get 25 on these next two plays. And it's just – you. He's, it's almost like you're saying he's got to be perfect. Like the whole – everything around him has to be perfect. We have to have a one-two punch running back. We have to have the best receivers, the best tight end room. He's got to have not just one Pro Bowl, two Pro Bowl. He needs to have the whole offensive line – Pro bowlers, and if one of them goes down and Blake Hans has to come in to take over with Conklin, and that's our excuse, I'm sorry. I'm running out of time. <clears throat> uh, let, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Who are you if, asking? If, if, anybody. If Tampa Bay w- w- was beating the Chiefs by well, 17, 20 points at halftime, and Kansas City came back and took the lead, and Tom Brady went down the field, and they didn't make it on fourth down. Who would everybody be blaming? They'd be blaming the defense. They wouldn't be blaming Tom Brady. Yes, yes, because that would be one instance. That would be one time that that's happened. And this no, happens, just, it seems like, people, every week. It, people look for reasons to jump all over Baker Mayfield. They look for them weekly. Listen to me. I am not saying – listen, this is, this is the last thing I'm going to say about Baker. I am not saying he lost the game yesterday or, or Sunday. I'm not saying that at all. I am not saying that whatsoever. What I'm saying is he did not win the game. There's been in many opportunities for him in the 26 games with Kevin Stefanski where they have lost close games – where you might want to blame someone because of a, t- a penalty call. You may want to blame the defense for blowing a lead. The bottom line is, regardless, he can't overcome it. He's not overcoming it. And that's what, my, that's what I want my franchise quarterback to be able to do, overcome problems. If Blake Hance has a, has a holding call, well, inst- I want him to be in the huddle saying, well, we're not kicking a field goal. We're getting those yards back, and we're going to score. I will figure out a way. He's not figuring out a way. Uh, the, uh, the mindset of a coach uh, of, of, of uh, trying to get a first down on fourth down every time needs – to kind of change when your quarterback can't do it. Um, secondly, somebody, somebody, and I can't remember who said that that Baker didn't lose the game, but he he didn't win the game. Well, he did kind of lose the game. He had he had Hotel Beckham Jr. wide open at the first at at the first down marker. Wide open, and he throws it to Jarvis. He overthrows Jarvis at that. Because maybe that's who coach told him to throw to. That's and a, he was that, just trying to listen to his smart coach. That that uh, Okay, then that brings us back Give to the fact break. that this is not a quarterback that you need in Cleveland. You need a quarterback who can think for himself. Because a coach only talks to you for 15 seconds in the huddle. 
the bottom line is, the bottom line is, the Arizona Cardinals last Thursday, they, they, and I know some people did, but you can't just solely blame A.J. Green for losing that game. Because here's the thing. When we talk about Jarvis Landry, oh, if Jarvis Landry makes that catch, then we win the game. You're essentially saying that everything's got to be perfect. There's going to be things throughout the game that happen, that alter. You are going to turn the ball over. You're going to turn the ball over yourself, Baker. The, you've got to be able to overcome it. He's just not. He's just why, not. why are you throwing into double coverage <laughs> when you have a player down by the sideline right at the first down marker? Who's wide open with nobody covering him? Okay, so it, no other quarterback misses a read every now and again. And the other thing is, is I'm not saying Jarvis Landry lost that game, but I'm going to say seven freaking drops is a very important part of losing that game. So, what's, so, so, what's, so let me ask you. I'll ask you. Seven drops, okay? Who's to, who's to say Baker's not the common denominator there? What are they afraid are they to dropping, catch the ball? Are they are they dropping are they dropping the ball? Are their hands dropping the ball or are they dropping Baker's balls? Like what I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> being, no, Sorry. I'm being serious. Is it just the, is it is it him? Is there was he a little bit of comedy. A clean ball? Is he not throwing <laughs> clean enough balls? Is he throwing them too hard? I mean, when I play Madden there's a certain way that you can throw a pass. If you tap square, he's going to throw it lightly. If you hold on to it, that's called a bullet pass. Well, if you just press it normally, that's a standard pass. I know that playing Madden. Is he just not – is he not throwing the right uh, velocity on the ball at the certain amount of time? Because, I mean, it's very uncharacteristic to see Jarvis Landry, especially Odell Beckham Jr., drop a pass. I've never seen Odell Beckham Jr. drop a pass. Until he got to Cleveland. And again, I don't, the only game this season that Baker Mayfield would have lost, they won. And that was the Vikings. That was the only game that I think that you can solely blame Baker and they came out with the victory. I, I, I just. I, oh, she, oh, she, what was the point that you were trying to make? Are you, are you saying that, that this is. Uh, that Baker has nothing to do with this? No, I'm not saying that, but it sounds like you and, and Ryan simply want to put like 90% of it on him. Well, in the game that I watched yesterday, I do have to put at least 50% on him. Oh, man. You know, uh, okay. before, the season, before the season started, I wasn't really the biggest uh, Baker fan. I supported him, you know, but I really didn't love him. Uh and again, not that I'm very proud of what happened, but he did get hurt, dislocated shoulder, popped back in. He tore his uh, – I don't know it off the top of my head, but he, he tore it, keeps getting Labrum. worse. Labrum. He, every time he gets hit and then how he lands on it, you know, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. But, I mean, I'm sorry. This might be an un mm. un unpopular opinion to you two, but I, I think Baker Mayfield was playing just fine with, with how he with, – with his mental health. You know, his physical health. Okay. He's four and four with the best team 
this city has ever had. So, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, we were also supposed to have the best receiver. That's yeah. fine. But the bottom line is that you keep forgetting. These great quarterbacks that win Super Bowls, that dominate the league, they overcome things, okay? They overcome adversity. There are, I mean, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, they went to New England last week or two weeks ago, and they played a horrible game, had penalties, the most penalties they've had all season. They still figured out a way to beat Belichick on the road. So, and then last night against Minnesota with their backup quarterback, they find a way to win the game. You're telling me that Baker Mayfield needs to have the game go perfectly for him to be able to win the game. That's not a Super Bowl franchise quarterback not a guy that's going to be able to overcome adversity so so who are the who who are the super bowl franchise quarterbacks out there exactly well well uh, before before he answers this question i i want to say you're talking about the cowboys having it all figured out super bowl mentality we beat them last year you counted them not a super bowl team this year it was a different team. <laughs> There's a, yeah, they're a lot better this year. They are way, who, way, way, way better this year. Who are the who are the Super Bowl franchise quarterbacks? Well, you're gonna see one right now, Patrick Mahomes, when he leads his team back to the playoffs. Okay. And here I'll give you here that. In Jan, here in January, we're talking about remember when the Kansas City Chiefs, we were talking about them maybe being the worst team in the AFC. Yeah, well that here they are. That has, dude, because Patrick totally, Mahomes is able, you totally able to overcome answer. adversity. If, are you going to answer the question? Or are you going to talk about Kansas City Chiefs for the next half hour? You want to know quarterbacks who, who – Tell me who they are. are they, hey, they got they got to be able to overcome. Is, Aaron, is Josh Aaron Allen Rogers. over – Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. I'll give you Aaron over, had, no, had no receivers. Tom Brady did it his whole life. Okay. Is Lamar Jackson one of them? Yes. Lamar Jackson overcomes adversity. Look, Joe Burrow has no <laughs> offensive line. Joe Burrow has no offensive line and still figures out a way to get the ball out quickly to his receivers and put up points. This should be the Burley Gunner show because you never let anybody else talk. What, what, wait, wait, wait. What has Lamar Jackson overcome in the playoffs? Nothing. What's Josh Allen overcome in the playoffs? Nothing. What Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow just lost to the Jets. I don't have to. Yes, so did we last year. Justin Herbert's lost two straight games, and everybody was anointing him the next Patrick Mahomes. That's fine. Do they have the same roster, the same team, as good as the Browns do? No, they don't. No, they do not. Maybe the Browns roster isn't as good as we thought. Are you kidding me? Maybe our wide receivers aren't as good as we thought outside of Jarvis Landry. Maybe man. Odell Beckham is not an elite receiver anymore. Man, man, oh man. I can't help you there. I can't help you there. You have maybe eyes. The, maybe the defense we just spent a ton of money on the offseason isn't playing like we paid them to play. John Johnson, 
Troy Hill. I'm gonna Listen. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take your feathers real quick, Ghost. You might uh you know Odell's our second highest paid player. I know. He he gets he gets uh like one million dollars every ball he catches. And he should have uh, to give back five hundred thousand for every freaking one he drops. Okay, um so so here, since somebody brought up Odell Beckham Jr., his cap hit is $15,750,000. He is the highest played player on the Cleveland Browns this year. No, that's not true. Miles Garrett just got paid. He did not. It doesn't count for this year. Okay, I misunderstood. My fault. His is his contract was all that matters. His his contract was fifty six million dollars total, but this year only nine million goes into that. So the highest paid player this year is Odell Beckham Jr. at fifteen million dollars. Now, while you guys are. Still looking at this. Let's look at this. Receiving summary. Cleveland receiving summary. Odell Beckham Jr. right here. He, oh, man, he's at a 59% receiving rate. The lowest full-time wide receiver we have. I'm sorry. I, I take that back because Anthony Schwartz is the lowest. Who has only had how many targets? Uh, had 15 targets, seven completions. Odell Beckham's completion rate is 50%. This Sunday he's going to pop off. But whenever, but whenever you hear anybody talk about this, they all blame Baker. But no, but but what I want to say is, you just said, Burley. You just said, you know, one day he's gonna pop off. One day he's gonna. How many days do we have to wait? Just like Coach Stefanski, how many days until it's enough? Because I think it's enough already. I, I mean, I love the dude, but dude is not playing up to his expectations whatsoever. You can only you can only run the routes that is on the play, and hope your quarterback finds you with that football. So I, I mean I don't I don't understand how the it's not like he's going out there and, and not winning routes. He is. We've seen it on tape plenty of times where he beats a man and Baker chooses to either tuck and run because he can't see him open, or he throws it to another receiver who's in double coverage. So like I said, I I, I don't think Odell again, I don't think he's one bit of a, a concern. Yeah, I, I just I, I, it's concerning I, I, that he's not getting the ball more. I think it's a. Uh, I, I think I said this when when we when we picked Odell or uh, when we picked uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, I I have always in the AFC not liked quarterbacks that were shorter than six foot three. Uh, you have to be able to see over your offensive line. 
to know who is open and who is not. Uh, this is why people like Ben Roethlisberger have lasted as long as they have in the AFC. Tom Brady lasted forever in the AFC. These are guys that are six foot five, six foot seven. Uh, Baker, I said this, this has to be considered his second year. And if he does great this year, back the truck up, pay the man $40 million. At this point in time, he's worth about 10, 15. On top of that, as a Cleveland fan who's 53 years old, I'm getting tired of waiting. Guys, I only have about 25 years left before I'm dead. I'd really like to see a Super Bowl with the orange and brown. But at this rate, we're never going to see it. Any final words, guys? Nope. Yeah, I have one. The Browns are going to roll Sunday against Cincinnati, and you will see me back here next week raining on the parade or, or – or, it's not raining on the parade. I'll be raining on Cincinnati's parade, but can we talk about them for two seconds? Is there any possible way that, that the Bengals beat the Browns? I mean, come on. The Browns are going to be in the backfield. Joe Burrow might not make out of this game. That's what that's what they said about the Steelers game yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Ben's going to get hurt. What they do well, yeah, once? Well, yeah, we... well, they had a good game plan. They got the ball out quick. I mean – it is what it is. Ben Roethlisberger, I thought he was going to uh, give up his part-time ownership of the Cleveland Browns yesterday, but it looks like he's going to hold on to that for maybe like two more months until we get to week 17. On that note, everyone, we're going to take a little break here. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Hey, guys, I think we have to have a little discussion here. There's been some moves being made over the past couple of days. Uh, let's see here. The Indianapolis Colts released quarterback Brett Hundley. No big deal there. Deion Jackson and Josh Jones have been activated. The Tennessee Titans sign Adrian Peterson. Hmm. Hmm. So the injury list from this past weekend stands at this. Uh, T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts suffered a concussion and will remain under concussion protocols. Uh, Tyquan Lewis suffered a season-ending knee injury. Minnesota Vikings, Danielle Hunter has suffered a torn peck and probably won't play the rest of the year. Jameis Winston will miss the remainder of the season with a torn ACL and a damaged MCL.
Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry will undergo foot surgery. Did any of you watch that game? No. Good. I, I, I watched it last night, and through the entire game, he didn't look like he was hurt at all. So God I, damn it, Doctor Dog! Your your cat is pissing again. Uh, okay, what's that have to do with Derrick Henry? It's it's it, I can hear it. It's uh, it's really annoying. Sam Darnold remains in concussion protocol. The Houston Texans. I'm not even gonna talk about the Houston Texans. They're irrelevant. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, told reporters he anticipates defensive coordinator Joe Barry to rejoin the team. Uh, Devontae Adams is on the same timeline. These are all guys that that were hit with COVID. Uh, Alan Lazard. Um, but they lost Robert Tanyan and Kylan Hill. Cleveland Browns lose Jack Conklin and will miss multiple weeks. Uh, that was a dislocated elbow. <clears throat> Chicago Bears, Jimmy Graham. Man, I thought he retired. Uh, was activated. Uh, and from the Jets, Corey Davis. Uh Offensive tackle will have a chance to play against the Colts on Thursday. Here was a bit of news that kind of made me a little bit uh, a little bit iffy here. The Denver Broncos uh, traded Von Miller for a second and a third round draft pick, uh, which is basically, in my mind, saying that the Denver Broncos have given up on the season. Uh, why would you get rid of your number one linebacker for two draft picks unless you're you're pretty much saying, "Hey, we're done." I, um, go on. I mean, not saying it's not saying it's smart. Not not by any means. I'm saying it's smart, but I mean, dude's been irrelevant since 2015. Like, oh, let's be real. That's a that's a good point, but he's he's still probably your. The heart and soul, yeah. Um, and I mean, they—they're the the Broncos' record is is the same as Cleveland's. So I, I'm, I've still got hope that Cleveland can pull out of their funk and do something this year. I don't know why Denver doesn't have that same feeling. Um, and and honestly, I think Von Miller was worth more than a second round and a third round draft pick. But uh, I think I mean I think Denver should have traded him because they're looking up at the I mean they're looking up at everybody and even the Chiefs who I mean they'll be all right. They're they'll be better than the Broncos. I mean they're they're in a tough spot with that division and with their quarterback who is the worst quarterback in the division. So. I mean, a rebuild is, is inevitable, but yeah, probably could have got more for the guy. Now, somebody sent me somebody sent me a text message this morning. I'm not going to say who. Uh, here, let me let me read it to you. 
Cam Newton to the Saints. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> it's all starting to come back, ain't it? It's all starting to come back, ain't it? Yeah, finally. I, I literally thought that I could go a week on this show without saying the name Cam Newton. I didn't say you had to say it. I text you. If the Saints have playoff aspirations, it's not going to be with Trevor Simeon. Trevor did fine. No, and, yeah, he and, did play really good. I will say that. Trevor, Trevor Simeon played very good. Trevor Simeon played good. The New Orleans Saints are not trying to get a Super Bowl this year. Hate to tell you guys that. They're not trying to get a Super Bowl this year. They're trying to build up their team to become a powerhouse for weeks, on months, and years on end once again, just like they were before. So with, with that, everyone, today, today is t- the day that you guys listen to this show. It will be Tuesday, which is the day of the trade deadline. Does anyone see any significant changes to be made this year before the trade deadline? I mean, are we talking about, yeah, that's what I was asking. I'm talking about around the NFL. The Browns, I, I, I think the Browns are set with what they have. Uh, the people that they have aren't worth what they're paying for them, so they're not going to, you're not going to see them traded. No, I wouldn't suggest that they would trade any of their, I, I think that they will probably try to, to give some, some depth in that offensive line since apparently Jack Conklin has the Denzel Ward syndrome where he can't stay on the field either. <laughs> what about Watson? Yeah, I was just going to say I, the only big name that I – I think I think Watson would be the only big name moved. Where do you think Watson's going to go? If he goes. Miami. I think Miami I think Miami makes the most sense because they have Tua to swap with him. I don't think the Jets would swap out Zach Wilson for the guy. I mean, he could go to the Jets. Maybe they don't maybe they don't need a quarterback in return. I mean they do need one in return, but maybe they, they look at it, they don't want one in return. I don't know what the Jets can actually offer them because they don't really want to give up their draft picks, but I would say he ends up in Miami somehow, some way, plays with the Dolphins and we'd see Tua in Houston to try to revive his season, which is the probably the worst place that you want to go revive your season or well, revive your career. Well, what I heard was it's only Miami. It's Miami or nobody. And what I heard, have heard was Houston still wants more than Miami's willing to give. And Houston does not want to in return. They would rather have draft picks over him. It's ridiculous. Which then leads to the other, the other, the other part to the story was is that Tua somehow could end up with the Panthers. Uh, 
Well, the, you you could totally see a three way trade uh, with with Houston, Miami, and Carolina, in which Tua goes to Miami, Deshaun goes to to uh, or Tua goes to Carolina, Deshaun goes to Miami, and Houston ends up picking up four draft picks out of it. And that would actually be a worthwhile trade to do. Uh, if if we've learned anything, the Houston Texans, they're not going to do anything this year. They The, the team's not going to do anything. And, and you don't have Deshaun next year as, as a pawn. So, okay. But here, here, here's the thing. If, do you really do that if you're Miami? Okay, let's say they 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 give up two firsts, a second, a third, a fifth, like you know, spread out over the next few years. Sure. If he never if he never steps foot on the field again, that's going to set Miami's franchise back ten years. Uh, not necessarily because there's there's actual rules, uh, pertaining to a a player leaving the NFL due to prosecution. Uh, I, I, I don't think that Denzel would refuse to play for Miami. Uh, well, that's the other part. He can, he can decline any trade. Yes. But you know, the, the if he ends up going to prison, that contract is, null and void they don't have to pay him shit yeah but look at all the draft capital they're giving up for it Miami is about a quarterback away from being uh, probably Probably second in that division. I, I don't I don't have faith in, in the Patriots. I uh the Jets they just they look like the Jets. <laughs> Wait, let me take that back. The Jets they look like the Browns. Um and then the Miami Dolphins, you know, uh oh, uh oh. Did he just put a Panthers cap on? No, I put okay. a cap on. Saying that okay. comment was cap. Uh, what am I going to do with you? What am I going to do with you? So, I I, I don't know. Uh, you get a good quarterback in into Miami, they've got the people around them. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, I guess. I just don't think Miami's defense has what it takes to – be second in that division. Uh, I, I I thought that's where the Dolphins were heading going into this year. But, you know, as much as I can't stand the Patriots, I'm watching them play this year, and I think they totally earned that spot. Well, here's the thing, though. Miami can work on that defense in the draft. So you pick up Deshaun this year. You You've resolved a bunch of your offensive problems. Now you can really – concentrate on the defense you may have to pick up one wide receiver 
in in Miami, yeah. or yeah, or even a great tight end. And you're and, not wrong. And that team's going to take off. So I, I'm, I'm, I think that that's actually a viable thing to do, and it helps Houston with four draft picks. You know, you're not wrong. It's not a bad take. Not a bad take at all. Uh, anyone else see anything going on around the league that might might? Allen Robinson might be the only guy that I the other the other big name that I could see moving, just because he's. I mean. He's really not needed anymore there in, in Chicago. They're, I mean, with his contract and everything, they're they're looking another direction, trying to get younger. And I think he'll be on the move. I don't know where, possibly Atlanta. If uh, Calvin Ridley, I mean, he stepped away from football, so they need a weapon. They're trying to make a playoff push. Um, I think they're the one team on the outside looking in that could possibly make a playoff push in the NFC. So I think that Allen Robinson could end up in Atlanta. If not, Maybe the Chiefs. Oshi? Nah, yeah, that's – I don't really see a whole lot happening tomorrow outside of just minor things, teams getting some depth, that kind of stuff. How about you, Drippy? I think tomorrow is going to be one of the happiest days that I've had in a long, long, long time because I think I get that ESPN notification and I think I see Cam Newton's name in one of them. That has nothing to do with the trade deadline. He's a free yeah. agent. It'll happen soon. It'll happen soon. I'm telling you, they're not going to wait till the end of the year. And if that's the case, he's not going this year. He's going to. He's going to wait till next year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hmm. And happen. meanwhile, I will still enjoy getting my Big Mac handed to me by Cam Newton. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in. To uh, to what game six in the World Series now? Mm. Game six in the World Series tonight, guys. Man, everyone, everyone. Well, I, Oshimaida and myself picked uh, the Braves to take the World Series. Uh, who who did? Who did you have, Drippy? You know, I really thought the Astros were going to win it, but, but watching the past three, four, five games, I really think the Braves pull away. Burley? I'm still sticking with the Astros. I st- I've been sticking with them all throughout the whole the whole series. I want to puke, but, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that the Astros, I think they've got a lot to prove. They have they've they've had a chip on their shoulder all season long. They want to win a World Series and prove to the fans of the MLB that they don't need to cheat to win one, even though they still may be cheating in uh, some sort of way. Um, not going to speculate on that or anything, but I still think they get it done. A very big game in 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 Atlanta game five, they, that was, I said, this is the most, this is the biggest game for Atlanta. There's so much pressure on a team at home in game five with a three to one lead, because if you lose that game, you lose home field advantage and you go back to Houston for two more. And all Houston needs to do is take care of business in Houston at their home field. I like Houston to win the next two games and win the world series. I think 
uh, after watching the game last night. The game last night was very interesting. This this was a bullpen game for for Atlanta. Um, their starting pitcher was pulled after three innings. Uh, it, it was a bullpen game, which Oshi Maida and I in our in our show last night discussed how we thought that it was going to be a game like that last night. Uh, unfortunately, the Astros batting was just on point last night. Uh, I, I'm extremely, I, I, I will say I am still picking the Braves to win the World Series totally. But it last night's game was a little bit of an eye opener. The Braves need to do something a little bit different to uh, to pull off a win here, um, or the, different than what they did last night. It's a uh, they gave up a four run four run lead. It was four nothing in the first inning. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I'm not a big fan of bullpen games. Uh, I, I think they jumped to their bullpen a little too early. And, uh, yeah, as, 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 as Jake is showing, it was a snoozer. <laughs> I love me a good pitching matchup. You know that. That's the art of the game. You know, it, I don't know what what did the Braves need to do to win tonight, or it's tomorrow night. Um, they need to do exactly what they did last game: go up early, four nothing, or if it's one nothing, and they need to have the pitchers dialed in as as most as they have been all year. You know, it all relies on the defense. You know, when I was a kid playing baseball, I was told offense wins games. Defense wins championships. I mean, kind of not helping, you know, the, the point of last game because that was an offensive game, an offensive win for the for the Astros. But if you want to know what the Braves need to do to win the World Series, they need to go up early and they need to hold them all nine innings. And it's simple you as that. You must have forgot what they took out of the MLB this year, Jake. You must have forgot what happened uh, at the beginning of the year. Remember – I can tell you why we've seen so many runs in the postseason this year. It's not, it's very uncharacteristic. All these postseason games are very high scoring and you got a lot of comebacks and grand slams. It's because they took away the sticky shit. So I'm not sure that defense wins championships anymore. Dr. Dog still might be the, uh, the offense. And I think that the Astros offense is better than the Braves offense. Both bullpens are atrocious. Both starting pitching is shaky. I mean, I don't know. I just, I still think the Houston Astros are going to get it done. I think they have the momentum now. Mm. Doesn't mean I'll have to love it. I may puke, but it is what it is. I'll be reaping benefits my own way. Hey, Oshimaida. I said Braves and six, and I'm not, not going to switch anything. What do you think the Braves need to do? Okay, who's well, on the get... mound tonight or tomorrow night? God, I keep forgetting that this is airing on Tuesday. Who's they, on the mound get... tonight? 
I'm not sure who's on the mound tonight, but they got their two their, their two best starting pitchers on full days rest now. So they're going with Garcia versus Freed. So Max Freed will take the bump. Lefty Houston hits lefties exceptionally well, and Luis Garcia, who's pitched like complete shit in the postseason, is going to take the bump. But like I said, I don't think this is going to be another pitching duel. I mean, there's going to be a lot more runs in this game, and I think the Astros are going to put up more runs. But it is worth it. It is it is worth mentioning how impressive it is what the Braves did because the Braves essentially did what the Dodgers did in form of trying to go out and build a team and and, and buy a World Series with the players that they added at the deadline. But the only difference is they're producing. And if you look at every one of these Braves win, listen, these guys are coming through clutch. Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, they, they all have homers. They're all coming in clutch. So, I mean, it is going to be a very good game six. I'll be rooting for the Braves. You bet your ass. Mm. Uh, Garcia, Garcia's tough to, to hit against, but Burley is right. He, he hasn't been that great during the postseason. Uh, Max, Max has already, Max has already pitched the game once, hasn't he? In the, in the series? Yeah, I think, I believe he pitched game two. Okay. And I think Garcia also has pitched. I think tonight. Garcia's, uh, Garcia came in and, and, and blew it. He came in and, and, and relief in, uh, what was it, game four and blew it. Yes, that's right. Um, Freed pitched against Houston. Houston won seven to two. So, well, I uh, I am sticking with Atlanta. Uh, I think they pull it off tonight. We'll we'll see. It's I'm either gonna. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Last night's game was incredibly intense and fun to watch, and I can't wait for for the Tuesday night game. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, – you got two pitchers that are really young. Uh, Garcia's only 24. I think Max is 26, maybe 25. 27. 27. Oh, he's 27? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Still a young pitcher. Uh, it, it's gonna be a fun game to watch. It's gonna. This has been a really good World Series after after the tanking of the Indians. Uh, it it was good to watch some good baseball after that. I uh, I must say. All right. On that note, is there anything else that we have on our mind today? Not particularly. Dr. Dog. No, sir. Nothing. Uh, just, just focus on the Browns, man. I'll tell you what, you know, I haven't really been scared yet this year. Not that I'm scared, 
yet now, but like I'm not I'm not as eased with myself as I was a couple of weeks ago. You know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a little scared. Not full. I'm not hitting the panic button. You know, I I still think it's a little too early for that, but I'm a little scared. That's all I'll say. Sorry, buddy. I hit the panic button last night. Burley. Who day? Who day? They're going to beat them Bengals. The Brownies. On that note, everyone, have a great, great day and enjoy the World Series tonight. It's the Cleveland Sports Fan. We're out of here. On behalf of Mr. Oshimaida, Burley Gunner, as well as myself, we'd like to say thank you for listening to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Please go to clevelandsportsfan.com to link up to our podcast or our YouTube channel. To join our Patreon page, go to www.patreon.com backslash Cleveland Sports Fan. You can find full-length videos of everything that we record there. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Cleveland Sports Fan. And on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at TheClevelandFA1. Twitter will be at Burley Gunner. And don't worry, you will never get a hold of Bob. I don't even know what Twitter is. Once again, thank you for listening. Be kind to each other. Support your military and veterans. And have a fine, fine Cleveland day. Wait.